Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings here for Gad Daily. And I am Keith Finch, the editor of Gad Daily. Also here for Gad Daily. Right. <laughs> this is Gun Day Brunch, the podcast of Gad Daily. I probably need a nap, but I'd like to start this episode by thanking our wonderful sponsors for whom you will see a banner if you're watching the visual episode. And if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, I think is I think it's just called Google Podcasts. Now, regardless, wherever you're listening, thank you. Please keep liking, sharing, subscribing, commenting, and telling your friends what worthless clowns we are. And again, this episode is still dedicated to the guy who called us worthless clowns because that's that's so funny. But I love it. I'm going to keep being a valueless clown just for him. I really do enjoy boomer hate comments, especially on some of the last videos that we've done where we have been skewering sacred cows. And the fun thing about this video is that I'm recording it before I read the comments for the video that we just recorded, which I'm mm -hmm. sure will be great. Um, uh, if you had your feelings hurt by last week's video, please understand everything that we're saying here is meant in good fun. And also, you know, when we talk, uh, when we talk crap about guns that we like, it's usually guns that we own. And when we talk crap about fandoms, everything bad that we said about a fandom, we have been guilty of at some point. It, it's, it's true. This is all stuff we've done guys this we're we're poking we're poking fun of ourselves as much as the fandoms themselves because we've been there we've been that guy yeah. we have i could do a roast of me from like 20 years ago as a gun owner and it would just be a row and it would be a, a 20 years ago me as a gun owner i was walking how old was i 20 years ago i would have been 19 okay not 20 years ago whenever i was turned 21 i got my concealed carry permit and I'm walking around with a Ruger GP100, a four-inch full-size gun in an Uncle Mike's holster in traditional IWB because fucking Jeff Cooper said it's supposed to be comforting, not comfortable. So it didn't matter that I could, couldn't conceal it. My pants didn't hold it up because it was supposed to be comforting, not comfortable. And that's what fuck Jeff Cooper said. So mm -hmm. yeah, I was an idiot. I, I, on the other hand, was a full-blown 40 Smith & Wesson fanboy. It was the greatest caliber on earth. And I carried my FNP proudly. Oh, man. Oh, the FNP was an underrated good gun. It was such a good TDA pistol. And had I got it, got it in nine, I would still have it. And I probably would have gotten the upgrade, the FNX, when, when that one uh, came out in nine millimeter, too. I still want one. And I still want the one in 45, too, just because red dot, big boom. Just, yeah. just cuts. No, that, that but, seems perfectly um, reasonable. But like, I had the FNP and I bought it in forty, and I ended up selling it and going to an MNP forty-five because that thing was just unnaturally smooth in forty-five. Um, the MNP forty-five. So I went from was... 40, 40 fanboy, like forty is the best ever, to forty-five fanboy. Forty-five is the best ever until finally cycling back to nine millimeter, where we sit today. Well, it's funny because you know when the MMP45 came out and the Glock 21 uh, and you got the Glock 21 SF uh, mm -hmm. around the same time, you had this really interesting era where there were a large number of really great 45 ACP polymer frame striker fired pistols. And like you could buy pretty much any of them and they were going to be good, mm -hmm. which is where we're at right now with nine mil. So if you listen to last week's episode, this came up a little bit in the episode where we talked about how pretty much all of the modern 9mm pistols from reputable manufacturers 
are all pretty much the same. And what's, what that has led to is the golden era of nine mil strike fired guns. Because if, Keith, I put a, I'm going to go through the list. Stop me if I forget anybody. HKVP9, Glock 45, which is a nine mil, not a 45 caliber. A fucking Glock in their model numbers. Uh, an HKVP9. <laughs> Well, it's, I, I have the Glock 19X, was the, which was the progenitor of the of Glock the, 45, yeah. which they were like, all right, we're finally in Gen 5 totally now, guys. We can make another Glock that's the same as the old Glock. But so, yeah, the Glock, the Glock model numbers are who's on third. So, sir, I'd like to buy the Glock 45. Would you like the 9mm 45 or the 45 45? Wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I'm going to put all these guns in a bag. And the guns in the bag are the HK VP9, the Glock 45, the Beretta APX, the SIG uh, M18, M17, whatever, which one you, mm-hmm. whichever you like. Um, one of the 320 models. There yeah, you go. Yeah, one, one of the 320 models. Uh, I did Glock, SIG, Beretta, uh, Frick, who else is out there? I did HK. Walther. Okay. Walther, yeah. The Walther Walther's PDP. PDP, PDP uh, yeah. The Precision yep. Double Penetration. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know anybody who works at Walther anymore, so I'm really sorry. But I can't. <laughs> I, I see do. that every I, I time do. I go. Oh, the the the, PD, uh, the PDP I, was such. I spent it, too much the time PDP on was a nice gun to get. It really was. I I have two of them. They're nice shooting polymer guns, but because we are in the golden age. All right, thank you. Another polymer gun in the bag here. See, we'll shake it up, and here you go. Um, IWI, the Masada is a nice one. Um, and then it's funny because you have, we're at a point now with these guns where, so I would consider that first bag. Those are your tier one manufacturers, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all great guns. Like I would be, I would bet my life on any single one of those guns any day of the week and have no concerns that it's going to blow up in my hands or fail fire or something like that. Yeah. You take, you take the bag, you put it next to one of us, shake it up, be like, all right, reach in, pull out a gun. And you'd be like, Ooh, a striker fired nine with 15 to 17 rounds in it. Here we go. Yeah. And I'm sad. Uh, and they're all red dot compatible and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And part of the reason why they're so similar and why they're all kind of do the same thing is because the Glock 45 and the APX and the 320 series, and we're all designed to be part of the MHS competition and meet certain standards, which is kind of why they're all the same now, which is nice because mm-hmm. they'll do the same thing. So if you like your nine millimeter spaghetti flavor, you can get it, you know, from Beretta. If you like your nine millimeter, oh, man, the number of jokes that went through my head about HK. You know what? If you like it from HK, you can get it from HK. <laughs> um, you know, if you and and if and if you want the waffle variant, they've got the five hundred nine with with FN, yeah, which I is one we didn't we didn't I, didn't I com- That's the problem. There's so many of these guns, and they're all so good that I completely forgot about one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, the new FN LS Edge 509, whatever it's called, is yeah, apparently a great, awesome. A great gun with a good reputation. And so it, it's down to the point that like, you and I are very used to getting asked the question, what gun should I get? And the standard answer used to be like, grab a Glock 19. Um, just because that was the big pen of the handgun world. Mm-hmm. You pick it up, you write with it, you pick it up, it shoots. Like that's, that's what you need. The, if, the, if you had no answer, you got a Glock 19. Now in the golden age of the polymer striker nine, it's like, well, should I get this brand? And the answer is pretty much yes. It, yeah. Is it, is it one, of, it's, is it one of these flagship 
military and police contract brands, is it, is it their flagship duty striker gun? Yes. Like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And that's the, the answer. The answer is yes. Whatever, whatever variant of it is, is what the one you want. The answer is yes. What's interesting is that the technology that has gone into making these guns so much better has also given us some downstream benefits as well. So I have uh, a full disclosure. I was given this gun for free by Taurus. I have a Taurus G3C, which was their uh, not their most recent generation of compact carry guns because I think they have a new iteration that just came out. And I got one of those. And I mean, you know, we all joke and stuff about Taurus. And this gun mm. ran through 500 rounds with no issues. And, you know, yes, lots of people in our community would like to shoot more. And I'm like, well, this gun lasts 10,000 rounds. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, because it's a $298 gun. If it lasts 500 rounds, it has lasted 100 times its expected lifetime round count with the average gun owner, you know? Mm -hmm. So most, you most of the people in that market, most of the people looking for that gun or that type of gun aren't, aren't going to regularly shoot it, which is something I don't necessarily agree with, but that's just, that's just the fact of the reality. Is, yeah. So the G3C ended up being an, an entry from one of the lower lower tier quality manufacturers that we have because you know you don't produce a six hundred dollar gun and a three hundred dollar gun and make them the same you just no. you don't do that material cost is a thing and T and E is a thing and all this all, everything that goes into making the six hundred dollar duty pistol versus the three hundred dollar uh, you know striker gun there there are reasons. There are reasons these things cost. If if you're anywhere familiar with the gun retail world, you know margins aren't aren't fantastic on guns. They aren't because materials cost money, testing costs money, quality control costs money. So all all that money gets recouped into the duty grade gun that doesn't necessarily go into these lower cost firearms. But because we are living in the golden age, those benefits have gone downstream. So mm -hmm. you are getting a better, like everything's going up in quality, just like your cheaper TVs have gone up insanely in quality and, and costs have come down. Now your low, lowest tier on the quality of guns has gone up to a crazy amount. So like the G3C, because you've, you've had this conversation with me, I've had this conversation with Steve Fisher too. Because he's got a G3C, and he and I both shot it. We probably shot 800 rounds through it that day. And uh, we, we both were like, you know what? Not bad. Not bad at all. Would it be, would it be my preference? No. But if no. someone handed it to me and be like, hey, this is what you got, buddy, I'd be like, all right, all right, here we go. I was, I was crunching the numbers on if I had to create a uh, neighborhood citizen, armed neighborhood citizen watch and, you know, who would get what gun and all of that. Somebody would get the G3C and three mags and, you know, an appropriate allotment of ammunition. And I just felt bad for the guy that I was going to issue the 1935 Beretta and 35 ACP and one loaded magazine to. <laughs> like, here you go. Save one for yourself, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so you you look at you look at what were the you know counter special lowest cost guns of yesteryear and 
those quality or even some of the considered, you know, quality pocket pistols of back in the day and their reliability numbers. And then you look at the reliability numbers of something like the G3C, which in comparison is still not as as favorably viewed, but looking at the, the guns that it has replaced and where it's sitting, it's tremendously better. All the quality has come up. No, and that's, it's crazy because like, again, if you had asked me if I thought a Taurus was going to withstand a 500 round uh, range session uh, 10 years ago, I would have been like, (laughs) get out of here, you're crazy. Um, And then uh, now I will say, once you get down below your Taurus tier, it's still dicey, guys. Yeah. It's still, there's still, there's still handguns out there guys to there there's still handguns to be avoided in the striker market there really are but they're they're in that tor in that taurus realm now in we'll call it the silver tier of handguns in that silver tier there are actually some pretty decent guns if you don't have a lot of dollars on hand so there's there's a good way to spend your limited budget and there are bad ways to spend your limited budget and i mean hell before uh the pandemic and it got difficult to import them from Italy. Beretta was selling the, so Beretta, uh, I, I have a close relationship with Beretta, Beretta professionally and they were selling the APX at a price point where they were making money on them. And also they were blow and they were going for like $400 for a gun that was competing for the MHS contract and only one because Sig did bribes. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. ooh, ooh, I that. didn't, I, I want any lawyers listening to that for legal reasons. That was a joke for, uh, for additional reasons. I, I saw the paperwork on the original solicitation. Uh, a buddy of mine while I was in armor school was, was attached to, um, some of the, some of the contracting arms there. And so when the MHS competition originally dropped, I was in the armor's course, the armor school, and we started talking about the guns that were submitted because on a big government solicitation like that, there has to be a competition. They, they are not allowed to go out and go, well, if we, we just want one. the 320, let's go buy the 320. You can do that in small batches for various units. They have that authorization, but for a big like service wide, or in this case, DOD wide change to the service pistol, there has to be a competition. Uh, the, the companies have to be allowed to chase down and compete for this and meet the requirements with a submission. Mm-hmm. And, but you read the requirements for the submission that they laid out, and it was very clear that whoever had put this out just wanted the P320. Yeah, it, it was pretty much, I mean, I'm not saying it was rigged because it wasn't, but awesome. It wasn't. It, this was a legitimate solicitation, but everything, everything written into that contract was like, they looked at the P320 and were like, we want that, but they were open to anyone who delivered that. It was like when the, oh, I think it was, what was it, and DEA you, did their contract and their contract was, we want the Glock 19, but we can't say we want a Glock 19, mm-hmm. we want a Glock 9. I, I don't, I don't remember which agency it was. I remember it was one of the big alphabet soup uh, law enforcement agencies, but guys, to put a bow on this episode for everyone, we, we really are in a golden age of polymer strike fired handguns to the point that like, if, you know, it would not be my first choice, and I will say, and I'll be very clear about this, I would even carry one of the current production XTs. What not as my first choice? I would pick one of that like gold tier 
guns, you know, the Berettas, the Sigs, the Glocks, mm. the FNs, the Walthers, the Smith and Wessons. That was the one, mm. the MP. I think I forgot the Smith and Wesson, yeah, MPs. Did we mention this last week? The MP 2.0 has been done dirty. It is a great freaking gun, and y'all are sleeping on it. So nice, so comfy to shoot. Love Such it. Such a good gun. And I and I'm a 320 fanboy. I, I fully admit I love my 320 in the in the aluminum frame. Like, oh yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> this is not even a 320 so nice. anymore. Hang on, it's like, hey, let's take. I turned my 320 into a 226, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, it's a 226 with a striker trigger. Oh. Now, if only they made a hammer fired. 320 with the oh wait okay hold on because they did make a hammer fired 320 it was called the yeah, it was a 250 and i shot that at the yankee cup also a great gun that people slept on because this was this one's on sig and i'll have to end the episode on this but their marketing for that gun was terrible and they launched it was and they, the problem was was they launched a hammer fired dao gun when everybody wanted striker fired guns yes and that was if they had launched that gun when like uh, people were buying, you know, 5946s and 96Ds for police departments. They would have sold a hojillion of them. Yes. Yes, they would. But they didn't. And, it, you know, yeah. came and went. <laughs> it it uh, passed like a mosquito fart in the wind. And there there you go. was a good but gun. It, it ran. It, it was a good gun. It functioned very nicely. It's like the uh, SP2022 uh, that they did too. That was also a really good gun. That was also a really good gun. And when people were like, man, I, I need, like, I don't have a ton of money, but I need a gun. Those things were going in like the $400 range. And I'm just like, there you go. Mm -hmm. There's a traditional double action, single action right there, a TEA right there um, with the decocker, the full SIG control set. And it's a 15 round gun. Get it. Just Again. go get it. It ran, it ran great. Sig had some sleeper guns back in the day. Uh, but that is it for this week, guys. So Golden Age of Striker Fired Pistols, uh, they're, they're all good. They're, they're friggin' all good. They Whichever are. one you get, it's going to be fine. So, you know, be blessed. I like, like I said, I like my nine mils to be spaghetti flavored. So I got APXs. You got uh, 320s. I got, I got SIGs, and yeah. I, I'm a particularly particular fan of the 19x glock particularly i i really um, do want to try the new fn i'm super curious about it so. i i do too i just haven't i haven't run into anybody who's got it in a bunch of ammo that i can shoot we know somebody at fn now yes we do <laughs> all right guys that's it for this week we will see you next week with another episode thanks for watching later